Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. And we are your business coaches at Wired to Change. With the number two. We are here to help you get your business to the level you want it to be so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner. And what a good life it is, Mike Manning. And I love this new intro music. It makes me so excited. So let's set the scene here, folks. One is you always have to evolve. We're 122 episodes in, and we now have intro music. And Trinity has been on this for a while. It's like, hey, we need some intro music. And she's right. But you only need a little bit. You don't need 30 seconds. You need This is, I think, seven or eight, maybe nine seconds. So that's important. But secondly, we need a camera in here so you can see Trinity <laughs> Bebop in her chair the music. <laughs> it makes me want to dance in my chair. It does. Chair and you dancing. did that because I, I sent you some really some good ones and some really bad samples, didn't Yeah, I? there was some that sounded like straight up elevator music. And I, I was like, nope, nope. And then some was just a little too techno for me. Yes, yep. Even though I love some good EDM, mm. I was like, mm might be a little too progressive for for us. Yeah, and for those of you in my age group, I had to look up EDM. Because <laughs> when I'm on this website, I'm looking at these options, it says EDM, I'm like... You're like BDSM? Yeah, I'm into that. Yeah, was, you know, that I watch, but I don't know if I want to listen to it. But you know, I was like, okay, I get it now, yeah, so... And for those that are Mike's age, that's electronic dance music. Yes, which... I can do none of those. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have a really fun show today. Yes. One of my favorite types of shows Mm -hmm. because we get to cover a lot of different topics. And it is the show where we answer questions from our listeners. And we have loyal listeners. We like them. Uh, People send stuff in. We reach out to people to make sure we get questions so we can give you answers that will help a lot of people because a lot of us have the same issues or questions in our business. We just do. Am I selling right? Am I hiring right? Am I bookkeeping right? We all have the most or all of those issues. Yeah, because most of us are in business to A, run our own lives, and B, make our own money. So I'm really excited for today's topic because we're going to address both of those. And of course, if you're listening and you think, man, I have a burning question. I just wish Trinity and Mike would answer it. Feel free to shoot it over to us. You can email it or you can slide into Mike's DMs because mine are full with spam. I'm good with that. (laughs) I'm good with that. I'm getting pretty good on Facebook Messenger now. Good. I didn't like it initially as a business tool, but now when I'm at, because everybody's at home, so it's a whole lot easier. I'm on a commute computer anyways, and stuff pops up. Man, I get a lot done through that. But again, it's evolution. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this over and over again. The people that manage COVID are going to have a better chance of coming out of it than the people like, well, I I can't do anything because I can't leave the house. Right. So why bother learning something? Well, you learn it and then you improvise with it to figure out where it goes. And then you put it as part of your plan from moving forward. Yeah. I'm really proud of you. Thank you. Man, learning the old Facebook, giving us some awesome intro music so I can dance and get super excited about our show. You are just living the life. And by the time this comes out, I'll be a week, I'll be a 
I just passed the age of 59 and a half, so for the first time, I'm closer to 60 than I am 59. I'm like, damn it. And you still look like a spring chicken. Why, thank you very much. As long as the back is good to uh, uh, have fun with Oliver, I've done something to my shoulder. Oh, no. Uh, I, I hit him on my shoulders the other day, and I couldn't get him off. I had to get his mom. <laughs> I Sarah. don't mean to laugh, no, but, but that's really Because he's been hurting, and, and it's been bothered, getting worse and worse. And I had him on the sh- on my shoulders when they were in a couple weeks ago, and we're in the backyard with his mom, Sarah, and their dog, Charlie, and we're walking, and he, he wanted to get down. I said, hang a second. I reached up, and I couldn't I couldn't lift him up over my head. So it's, uh, thankfully, Sarah was there. I said, Sarah, here, no worries right now, but I got a problem. <laughs> Can't get him off my head, can you? So she started laughing and, and got him off it. So I got to go get that fixed. <laughs> I Man, don't know what it is, but you're going to be bolted together oh, in all God. different places. Yeah. Well, yeah. my I had some back spasms the other day, and I thought of you as Scott oh. was telling me to lay down on the floor. And he has one of those foam roller things, but it's a really firm one. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I put it under my back, and it hurt so bad. Tears came to my eyes, and yep. I was like, nope. But I just had to lay on yep. the floor until um, it passed, and it was rough. And it just changes. It, it runs everything you do is when your back goes out because you yeah. can't do anything. Well, and doesn't help that I'm carrying around, like, 40 extra pounds that I wasn't before we got <laughs> married. So I'm sure my body's like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to have me to adjust. Hi, Gregor French. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So... Let's dive in. Yes. What's the first question that we have from our listeners, Mike uh, Manning? I like what I mean, we've talked about this all the time, and you're excellent at this, which is why people call you and work with you. What are three follow-up tips from a networking event or a sales call? Ooh, that's such a good question. Um, I would say that I would back it up to how you set up when you meet somebody in a networking event for follow-up. So one of the things that you can do as a small business owner is little items to create credibility. So anytime that you can tell somebody, hey, I'm going to do something, and then you actually do it, you're gaining credibility in their eyes. And it can be as small as telling them that you're going to follow up with them to schedule a meeting. It Mm -hmm. can be as little as asking for their address and then sending them a handwritten thank you note after you meet. So I would say that starts with how you set it up at the networking event. And one of my favorite dialogues is to say, hey, I know right now is not the time or the place for us to talk about this because we're supposed to be here meeting other awesome people, but I really feel like we've connected and I would love to follow up with you and schedule an appointment Mm -hmm to chat more and learn more about your business in the next week or two. How does that sound? It sounds wonderful. Now, I like that because that takes all the pressure off me. That makes you do it. And if I'm on the fence, hey, she doesn't call, she doesn't call. If she calls, okay, yeah. I'll get a free cup of coffee out of it. Right. But I have no skin in the game yet. No and skin I'm in the game. with that. And now when I actually call and follow up to schedule that appointment, I'm building credibility because I already set the tone. Plus, when you are with people at those events, you really do want to be creating and developing relationships where you're talking more about who they are as a person, not necessarily what they do as a business owner. to find those unique points that you're going to connect on. And then remember, when you follow up with them, 
remind them where they met you. Yes. Do not I assume love... you were the hit of the party and everybody <laughs> remembers Mike. Yeah. They don't. I love one of the tips you gave to one of our clients. I don't remember which client it was, but you recommended that in the email um, subject line that you put, hey, hello from Mike from Triangle B&I or whatever event that you met them at. So that way they know in that subject line, oh, this isn't just somebody spamming me because it's going to be coming from an unknown email address. It's probably the first time that you've emailed them. And it just gives them an instant, oh, okay, yeah, I do remember meeting Mike at that networking event. Yep. And then because you immediately have to reconnect the connection. Mm Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, good. I, I can click on this. Back to your point. Yes. Instead of like, oh, crap, here goes another. Why didn't my spam catch this? Yes. <laughs> so really what you're doing when you're setting up um, the, the follow-up is a Sandler technique where you're setting an upfront contract with that person. And... The ability to follow up with that contract is what's going to set you apart from the other 10 or 15 people that they meet or the other 10 or 15 people that are calling them trying to sell them something. I've always been really impressed when somebody um, is on a sales call with me and they have great follow-up and they do things that are just a little bit different um, or outside of the box than just, you know, sending an email is fine, but I love receiving handwritten notes as much as I love sending them. Mm-hmm. And I would say as a person who sends out a lot of mail, when I get one, it really stands out for me because I'm yep. sorting through the mail and it's bill, 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 you know, Jeep catalog, Jeep catalog, Jeep catalog. Thanks, Scott. Now that we get 8,000 Jeep catalogs. (laughs) And then it's like, ooh, I got a note from Mike. And it's just, you know, instantaneously when you see that handwritten address, you're like, oh, somebody actually cares about me. And again, when you're writing that note, it should be all about the person that you're writing it to. So one of the best pieces of advice that I heard was actually from Michael Mayer, who teaches seven levels of communication, and he addresses how to write the perfect handwritten note. And part of that is that you focus on not using the words I or me or mine, and it is freaking hard to do. You really have to practice and get used to it. And it you have to really work on your listening skills because if you're not listening enough to that person that you've just met with, even if it's for a brief five or 10 minutes at a networking event or on a sales call for five or 10 minutes, you need to have something that you can connect with them about that's about them, not you. Which we talk all the time, you collect stories then when you follow up with them, let's say you and I had met and you somehow the Jeep conversation came mm-hmm. in. If I were on my game, I would find an article about Jeeps or something and say, oh, by the way, I was reading in blank the other day and I saw this article, here's a link to it, or here's where you can find it on Jeeps or some cool Jeep clubs to be a member of in your area. Yeah. That would then it's like, oh, wow, they really did listen. But it's just like going back to your point, it's those little things that show that you listened go a long, long way because chances are 
if eight other people followed up with them, maybe one would have done that. Maybe. And more than likely, none. No, they would have said, I enjoyed meeting you last night. I I liked your story about, I hope you have a good week. I look forward to meeting you soon. Yeah, and it's uh, all about you, yeah. you, you versus really thinking it through and writing, it was great meeting you. Your story about Jeeps inspired me to go online and find this article. Uh, oh, see, I almost said I. It's I really hard it not is. to do it. It's yeah. really, really hard, but it makes you have to focus on that other person. And when I'm writing a handwritten note, that's the, the rules that I use. One, I always use blue ink because blue ink is... Um, they did a study and it is shown to be more trustworthy than black ink. So I use blue really? or color. Yes. Crazy the way that our brains work. And I think that that comes down to the fact that everything that's printed is printed in black mm -hmm. ink. So it seems less ingenuine. And I know when I see red ink, I think of my 11th grade English teacher <laughs> just marking the crap out of my paper. So when somebody goes to get a red pen or mark stuff, oh, I'm like, oh. even if they're writing a note for me at yes. my age, I'm like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> Gosh, a visceral reaction oh, to God. not it's again, like, oh, not again. Now, going back to the personal thank you cards, I am fine with send out cards or automated cards if the message is to me. If I get a, hey, Trinity, or if you get, if I got a, hey, Mike, uh, wishing you and yours a happy Thanksgiving, Trinity and the team at Hunter Row, eh. No, you know. Hey, Mike, yeah. I know you and Becky are going to get to see Oliver. I know you'll have a blast. Can't wait to hear your story after the after Thanksgiving. Now I know you took some time to write that instead of batched 400 envelopes yes. or cards. Of, yes. And I got one of those, I got three of those over Thanksgiving and two were written. They were all computer generated, but two were to me and one was the generic. The generic. And so I'm fine with a computer generated one. If the message is to me, then I'm, I'm good. I don't need the handwriting, but I get your point. It still shows effort, but the handwriting shows a little bit more. So, yeah. and I get that. Yeah. And I am not opposed to send out cards or mm. there's another app that I've used in the past that you can upload pictures and send people postcards with a photo. Yeah. And I love that. I can't think of the name of the app right now, but it really shows that you've taken the time to do something mm -hmm. for them. Yeah. And if you think about when you get like a note from your dental office and you know that they just sent out the same exact card to every single person, yeah. it's almost implying the opposite effect where you feel like you're just a number. You're mm -hmm. just a, yep. a, you know, name in their database, yep. not a real actual human. Yes. And if you like send out cards, a, a friend of the show, Janice Porter was on about a month and a half ago. So go to JanicePorter.com. Check her link to send out cards. We want to give her a plug. If you enjoy doing that, if you like handwriting yours right away, but buy a, buy a blue pen. <laughs> yes. That would make sense because I think red is the food color. Why McDonald's is red. Burger King's got some red. I think some Drago may have told us that a while Red back. makes you hungry. Evidently, it does. <laughs> just like blue is probably Calming. soothing. Yes. Calming, yeah. yeah. And personal, and which would make sense because, yeah, newspaper ink is black. Right. So it's like, well, there's nothing to this but news. It's yeah. Not, yeah. It's not for me, but not to me at least. So, yeah. Another hint that 
I learned through researching how to write the perfect note is to write rightly, which means that you, if you're handwriting something, your handwriting should slant upwards to the right a little bit. And I found that really interesting because it's something that somebody at some point took the time to research (laughs) and test how people's handwriting affects their, the, the receival of the message. Um, so write rightly, don't use I or me or any terms that refer to yourself and make sure that it's something genuine and that you include some sort of, um, personal, you know, something, I try to find something funny Yes. and we've talked before about, I love writing down notes about people that I meet. Usually I'll do it on the back of their business card Mm. or I have a notebook. And as soon as I get in the car, I'll write down who I met or if I'm on a zoom shit. I said it. Put put a quarter in the. <laughs> there you go, baby. I can't believe I did it. Ugh. There's the the Zoom jar because Trinity's husband Scott works for not Zoom. <laughs> he works for Gozi Meeting, and he's gonna kill me that I'm the one nice. that cursed today. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing on a sales call, you're probably having a deeper business conversation on a sales call if you get to a point which you hope to get to on that call. When you follow up with them, address, if they said something like, you know, I wish our machine did this, and then address that in the follow-up. Hey, we talked about your machine not sorting, stapling, and collating. Or They all do that now, but back in the day they didn't. Then that's another thing. A, I listened, and B, I've got a solution for you. Ours not only does those three, but it will also fold it and put it in the envelope for you. So give a solution in that follow-up. Again, it shows you listen, but you're trying to sell to them, so you may as well give it to them right there rather than, oh, I'd like to meet with you again and show you this. Go ahead and tell them right there and say, we we got solutions for one your one or two big pain points we have solutions for. Even if you told them that in the meeting, remind them again in the follow-up. Absolutely. That's a really good piece of advice. When doing a sales call, um, whether it's a listing orientation or meeting with one of our new clients for the first time um, or fielding an inquiry from somebody who's interested in coaching, I think that it's really important that that conversation, 70% is about them. And making sure that when you follow up, you're really focused on, like you said, answering something that was a pain point or a concern of theirs and not a back to a Sandler tip. Don't paint any seagulls in their picture, which is don't bring up anything that they haven't necessarily described as a pain point yet because you might actually be shooting yourself in the foot. Yep. Do you have any other pieces of advice for our listeners from our listeners? I just like the connection. And we've got a program called Pitch Your Niche, uh, which works on folks, people's elevators, elevator pitches. And we do this, we teach them to tell stories and give examples to connect. Because that person you met at the networking event or the person you did the sales call on is going to be hearing from other people in your industry. So what's going to separate you? And it's going to be a little little levity, a little comedy, a little connection, a little storytelling, 
a little hey on your Jeep thing. You know, I saw this or my brother-in-law. When I got home that night after the event, I called my brother-in-law. He's a huge Jeep enthusiast. And he said, try this. So there's different ways of connecting above and beyond just business because they can look at the numbers. And sometimes people will pay a little bit extra if there's a relationship there or they feel like you've listened and you're putting in some time to help solve their problem and add something else to it. Amen, Mike. Speaking of Pitch Your Niche clients, one of our Pitch Your Niche clients gave her 32nd today during our BNI, Business Networking International meeting, and she crushed it. Yep. It was so good, and she got some chuckles. She really painted a story for people, and she messaged I messaged her afterwards and said hey you did a really great job she's like I was so nervous I'm like no you absolutely (laughs) crushed it and it was a pattern interrupt it was done in a way that is not your typical hi my name is Trinity and I'm a real estate agent and I'm looking for people that want to buy or sell houses you know it really set the tone for a story and it showed what people how she could help people's lives be better which you never really think, oh, if I need my house pressure washed or whatever, that it's making my life better if I don't have to do that. But she painted that story so clearly, and all I could think was, ooh, that was – and it actually made me go, maybe I need her service, and I don't even, yeah. you know. I when I when The folks I've been working with and, and with her in general is you have to put your client's world in their head. Because we can tell them, hey, imagine if you didn't have to pressure wash your house. But when you say, so you're sitting in the chair on football Saturday all day long and we're pressure washing your house. How good is your Saturday? Mm -hmm. And that's all you have to say. But you put their world in their head so they can picture themselves in that recliner with chips and a beer, maybe a nap, maybe no nap, but they're not pressure washing their house instead of, hey, let us take all the pressures off of you and no, put their world in their head and they'll answer their own question. But she did good. She did awesome. But it's connections like that that people remember. And those sessions, it's two sessions, yeah, right? Two yeah. sessions. Two sessions, and she crushed yep. it. 99 so. bucks. You can go to our website, uh, click on events, go down to pitch your niche and we don't promise you many things but we will promise you you will be better and you will connect with more people because of this so that much we know but again it's building relationships Pete when we've said this before people buy people because there are 7,400 realtors in the triangle and growing right <laughs> so you can pick whoever you want every third person you meet it feels like has a real estate. Yeah. yeah. Over the ho- over the Thanksgiving holiday, I had three of my clients reach out to me that are either signing up for their real estate course or yeah. um, are already taking it. And, and it's just, it's baffling to me how many people want to get into this industry. Mm-hmm. And I'm obviously being very supportive of them because I think that mm-hmm. they're awesome. I might be a little biased because they're my clients, but um, there'll be three more joining the, yep. the marketplace. Oh, so another question that we had from some of our amazing listeners is what are some things you can do to build rapport with a prospect? Again, it's kind of where I'm, we find in our world where we really like being 
And not to say it's comfortable because it's easy, but like, I know this stuff or I feel really comfortable telling people this. We go back to what kind of connection are you making? Are you listening? Are, are there any tips you can give them? Are you giving them an example? Are you finding out that they went to the same college you did? And so there's your opener right there. Hey, Trinity, I was looking through your, if I'm from Michigan, hey, I was looking through your bio and my folks used to have a house. I think it's like about a half hour away. I looked it up on the map. I think it's like about a half hour away from where you grew up. This, do you know the name of this town blank? And you would go, oh my gosh. And there's your opening. And you want to talk about everything but business to start with. Yes. And ask a ton of questions. Oh, yeah. The questions that I love to ask are things that are going to give me reasons to follow up with them. So one of the things that I love finding out from people are what are their goals, mm -hmm. whether it's a long-term goal or a short-term goal, but some of my kind of like, damn, I nailed it moments have been one of my clients um, was getting ready to train for a marathon. Ooh. And she told me when the marathon was. So I put little alerts on my calendar along the way and just would send her little notes cheering her on. And and, and she sent me so many referrals because I have been there for her as a friend and also have been helping hold her accountable to something that was a big goal for her. And it set me apart from anybody else because it's something that meant a lot to her and the fact that I actually followed up and did it. Yep. You've got to find something else to talk to them about before you meet them. That's why doing the intel on a prospective client or anybody you're meeting, folks, just Google their name. Lord, go into Google, put in their name, go into LinkedIn, put in their name, go into Facebook, put in their name, and gather all the intel you can. You're going to find common ground somehow, some way. They may have uh, summered in Paris. And guess where you visited one time? The same city. Find something to talk about to get into the conversation. Back to originally what you said earlier about the credibility. He's like, hey, whoa, they read up on me. There's a lady, I was on a, a LinkedIn event the other day, and there's this lady that just messaged me and connected with me for no reason other than we're on the same event. And I just Googled her. I went, found the name of her company, went on their company website, found out her and her husband and two kids live in Houston. Guess where we used to live in the late 80s? Houston. So I said, I see you're from Houston. We loved it. We used to live in Sugarland. It was late 80s. I missed the food. And there's nothing hotter than Houston hot. Now we have a connection. I'm waiting. To, I just did that right before we came over here. But again, that's a, just an, an initial connection. It's like, oh, yeah. And so we talk about food for a while, and that deepens the relationship. It took me five minutes to find that tidbit. Five minutes. Something brilliant that I think um, Scott's company does is they encourage their employees in their signature line not to put their job title, but to put things about themselves. So Scott's subjects, his uh, signature says husband, Jeep guy, paratrooper. Um, uh, I yeah. can't remember the other ones, but owner of 17 dogs. Yeah. <laughs> but that opens yeah. up so many conversations and people will see that and they're like, oh my gosh, I was in the army or I also, you know, have a family or yep. I love Jeeps too, or whatever it is. It's just a way to 
create an opening for people to have a conversation that's not about business. On my LinkedIn profile, my last bullet point is grandfather. And about three times a month, people go, that's so cool that you put that on your LinkedIn profile. And we talk about that. Yeah. But again, it's so simple and you're right, but it's that personal connection. So you can do a lot of legwork before you meet with folks just to find out who they are and understand what they like, where they used to work, you know, Maybe they've been with a company and they've been promoted five times. Dang it, that's a talking point. I got a nephew who's an Eagle Scout. You know what? That's a talking point for me. That's a big deal. Things like that. If somebody were a Rhodes Scholar, um, you know, if somebody's got a, a doctorate from somewhere, those are talking points. But you got to know that before you walk in and go, oh, hi, Trinity. How can I help you? Like, really? <laughs> Or, or by golly, I got the greatest company in the free world. Here's a 27 things we do. Uh, and, and I say all that without taking a breath. And you're like, will somebody give me a, what's the call we used to get on blind dates? Hey, call me in 20 minutes if, and get me out of this yes. if it's bad. <laughs> Whatever they call. But yeah, so like, where's my yeah, where's the lifeline my, call? Yeah, where's my call? So, but again, so it, it eases us. When somebody approaches us because we're wearing a hat with a logo on it, and they say, oh, I see you're a, a Tennessee fan man, I've been, you know, my grandfather. Great. Now we're, we're in a conversation. I don't even, I don't know your name yet. I have no idea why you walked up to me, but I'll talk to you because you're wearing Tennessee stuff. So, and if you're not comfortable with that kind of chit chat practice with yep. people, practice with your friends, practice when you're talking to your grandma, practice, 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 because getting really good at asking questions to find out things about people that don't have to do with necessarily their business is what sets you apart when it comes down to a tiebreaker. Mm -hmm. And an example that I like to use is if you have two doctors and both of them are equally great at practicing medicine, right? They have, they both have a amazing record mm -hmm. and they both, you know, are well renowned for all their surgeries, but one has a better bedside manner. Which one are you going to pick? Mm -hmm. Oh, without a doubt. You're going to, that's going to be the tiebreaker. So your bedside manner is what's going to separate you from the thousand to 10,000 other people that are in your industry. Yeah. And it can be as simple as if Trinity and I had never met, but we're setting up a meeting, I would have, you know, stalked her tastefully and professionally. But if you're very uncomfortable asking a lot of questions or hard, find it hard to get into a conversation, just say, I see where you grew up in Michigan. I've heard some cool things about summers in Michigan. How much fun did you, what kind of things did you used to do there? That's all you have to say. Jump over fires naked. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not me, but no. friends of mine. Well, yes. I was only told her friend, her cousin did. Yeah, but that's <laughs> inside joke from the wedding. But it can be that simple. Oh, I, I see you went to Tennessee. I, I went there too. Did you, when were you there? And let them start talking. Yeah. And then you'll get in it. You'll be relaxed. They'll be relaxed. So find those easy ways in. Building rapport does not have to be something that's super stressful. Mm. It's just a matter of listening and taking note of those things and being able to go back and and relate to them again. Um, the next question that we have is one of my favorites, which came from um, one of our listeners, which was, how do you deal with disappointment? And I would say, we're in freaking sales. We deal with disappointment <laughs> all the time. Hearing no is a yeah. regular part of our business. 
And I have certain ways that I deal with disappointment, but I'm, I'm curious to learn what yours are, Mike. There's, there's two spheres of disappointment for me. One is self-inflicted. One is the world just didn't take it today. When you're cold calling, you can't take it personally. You may go, and we've all had these days, 0 for 25 knocking on doors. Is that disappointment? Nah, it's more frustrating. It's like, oh, man. But you know that's 25 out of the way that aren't buying for you. And the no might just mean not now. But again, that's where you have to listen when they say, well, we've got five more months left on our lease on this machine. Make a note. Go back to your friend, the marathoner. In three months, hey, Trinity, enjoyed meeting you. I know your lease is up for, not up for a couple more months. Just want to say hi. I'll touch base with you in a couple months if that's okay. And you would probably send back, sure, that's fine. That's all I need to hear. Yep. But it's So that's the opportunity to listen in a frustrating situation. The, the disappointment can come from self-inflicted where I should have activated that and didn't. And then you have to sit down and figure out why didn't I? What were the factors? Was it all me or was it were there outside factors? And go about it that way on trying to figure out how not to do that again or not to have that situation come up again. Yeah. For me, it's a matter of I am always less disappointed if I have other things going on. Oh, yeah. So high levels of activity and keeping that sales pipeline full is the bulletproof way to make the no's not hurt as much. Because Mm -hmm. if somebody says no to you, but you have 10 others that are saying yes, you don't feel the hurt of that no as painfully as if that if because if that was your only client and your only chance you're going to feel devastated but if it's one of 50 yeah you're like okay on to the next one and that is the best way to cushion the feeling of that disappointment also having either a coach or a mentor or somebody that you can talk those things through with and just get them out Don't let it just linger in your mind and you're replaying the, you know, we've all done this where you're replaying the scene over and over and over. And it's like a bad movie just (laughs) on repeat in your head and you keep trying to think, but just talk with somebody and get out what you feel Mm -hmm. happened and let them know that you're just venting, not necessarily looking for them to solve it. Yeah. You have to be honest with yourself to make sure you do everything you can to keep that from happening again. But you have to be honest, like, yeah, I didn't follow up and everybody else did. And that's why I lost the account. Yeah. And self-reflection and being honest with yourself, super important Yep, because we are the easiest ones to tell lives to ourselves. (laughs) We're our worst (laughs) accountability partner. Yes, we we are. What advice do you give to businesses who want to improve their B2B sales? Uh, boy, that's a hard cold call because that's so impersonal. When you're selling a house, it's very personal. Mm-hmm. When you're getting your carpet clean because your families are coming in for holidays, that's very personal and immediate. I, I need it done by next Thursday, period. You've been referred to me. I need it done next Thursday. That's the length of the conversation. But when you B2B, there's a budget line item. There's probably a meeting. Your first conversation with somebody may not be with the decision maker. 
you got to find out who the decision maker is. It's kind of like talking to the husband about remodeling the kitchen. He can say all he wants. Right. In, in our situation, I can tell you all I want. Now, Scott may hold a little bit more uh, clout with you than I do with Becky because Scott cooks a lot. So mm -hmm. it makes sense for him to have to a have functional input. kitchen. Right. Yeah. But for me, why are you even talking to me? I I just if Becky like I don't it doesn't matter to me I just need room I like an open kitchen and yeah I like the bar uh, in the you know the island in the middle of the kitchen but other than that I couldn't tell you colors so find the decision maker first of all and again that goes back to you doing some intel mm -hmm. okay oh so Trinity's the office manager oh so the front desk person or the doctor don't go to the doctor don't no go to the practice in, in medical world go find the practice manager. Because they're usually female, so I'm going to make this statement, not to be sexist, but generally because we, in the cleaning world, we dealt with a lot of medical offices. And the, um, the, the uh, practice manager makes the decisions. And if she doesn't make the decisions, she'll tell the doctor, we need to do this. And if that doctor's smart, especially if he's a male, he'll be smart and go, great. So find the decision maker and you'll cut hours off of that frustration. And getting to that decision maker, again, is asking a lot of questions mm -hmm. to find out who that person is and if they are the only person or is it a committee or and also finding out what their decision making process looks like. So you're not disappointed. And a lot of companies, you know, do their budget planning and everything in October. So mm -hmm. it's a great time to get a hold of people while they're getting ready to plan for their next year and just cut through the red tape and get to the heart of who's actually going to be that person that you're going to go to. Yeah, because their first year of the year is too late. If they're on a, a fiscal calendar, first year of the year is too late. Everything's in place. But again, once you find out who the decision maker is, now you go into the Google section of play here and find out who they know, that you know, that you could find out to meet, to get to know them, and come in the side door because everybody else's, all the other salespeople are coming in the front door because they're not doing their homework. You find out that, ooh, Trinity knows Nikki Crow, and I know Nikki Crow. Nikki, can you call Trinity? I just want 12 minutes with her. I'll start my clock, and, and when it hits zero, I will literally walk out, even if it's in mid-sentence. But you got in the side door. Trinity's more likely to give you 12 minutes or 10 minutes because she knows Nikki's already vetted you. Like, yeah, Nikki wouldn't send me a dumbass. <laughs> but come in the side door. So again, that's where you've got to do a little bit of legwork and you'll find out you'll cut hours off of that process and your close rate probably goes up. Which brings me to my next point, which if you're not tracking your activity, <laughs> yes. you don't know if those ratios are heading, nope. if they're heading up or they're heading down. So if you're not tracking your activity, you definitely should be because you don't know if you're getting any better. Um, there are two things that we can measure in sales and owning a business. One is how much of something we're doing. And then the, the percentages of, of sales calls to wins tells us how good we're at doing it. And you can either bump up the level of activity or you can bump up how good you're at doing it. And usually you need to do a combination of both. And I'm a big fan of making sure that you have super strong scripts, that you aren't a bumbling idiot because nothing is worse than 
getting somebody on the phone and they don't really know what they're talking about or they're verbally barfing every iota of information about their company, trying to get it out so fast that you're just like, get me off the phone. If you need to find lawyers, but the medical community has the best charity golf tournaments and the best happy hours, you love going there, but you don't get any business, you might want to dial back going there so often. Go mm-hmm. find the lawyers. Just yep. <laughs> know your audience. Well, this has been such a fun topic. I love that our listeners send us their questions that they um, that are plaguing them because yes. more often than not, these are things that we all have to deal with. So again, if you have questions and you want them answered on our podcast, please email them info at wiredtochange.com with the number two. And go check out our events. We have a bunch of things going on. We know we can help you with that. And my name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. And we'll see you next time on our Wired to Change podcast.